Yeah, put the headphones in. You are a bit. It's a bit roomy. It's a bit boxy. It's all right. But can you make like a? Can you make like a rock star and go one two one two testing one two one two? Here we yeah. go. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 clearer, but it's just it's very toppy. So adventures in wine. So I don't know what you thought of the last one. What did you? I'm David Chandler, and he is Jason Yap. And I've been enjoying the back catalogue. I've been um. I've been playing my way through the archive. Yeah. Small Appalachians, screw caps. Yeah. <laughs> the, greatest, the greatest hits. Um, it's all there. Anything anyone wants to know about wine, we've covered. coming fast against the ropes uh, towards end of year festivities I like the idea of that I like the idea of Christmas being a wrestling match <laughs> uh, I and Bob, thanks very much for the illustration there I think it looks great of the bone um, but this is just a nice loose theme of six Jason, wines we should say that the, the bone is B-E-A-U-N-E not <laughs> bone premier so, crew um, yeah. and um they're just six wines that I think we should taste that I think would be useful to have knocking around the kitchen in the weeks ahead. And kicking off, I do open this gingerly with a cremel. So that's a bottle fermented. The reason I say open this gingerly is that I opened one at home the other day and it was quite literally explosive. Oh my word. We've only just shipped it. So it's a pure Chardonnay right. from, from the Jura. It's a cremel de jura. So that is the equivalent of less than 1% of the output of champagne, although it's a quarter of the jura's wine output is sparkling. Now, I've tasted this before, and I've, and I've loved it over many years. So well, am I expect, expecting anything different this time? Well, the jura is a wonderfully wild and, and in many ways underdeveloped wine area, and therefore good value. We've got a nice tasting note here on this from no lesser personage than Jancis Robinson, OBE. And she said, Jura, just east of Burgundy, seems unaffected by Burgundian price inflation, especially on the delicate sparkling wines that always seem underpriced to me. This has a suggestion of the nuttiness of a Jura still white and is great value. I don't mind if she thinks it's underpriced. Really, I'm not bothered. Um, <laughs> but uh, do be ginger opening it. It okay. says bottle fermented like a champagne. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they make a still wine and then they put a crown cap on it and then they oh. add yeast and sugar retrospectively and induce a secondary fermentation. And that's where the fizz comes from. And it's made by a brother and sister just above Arbois, um, up in the hills. And they're Va- Valerie and Jean-Christophe Tissot. There's lots of Tissots. Just getting the necessaries here. I think that's excellent. So it's... It's made to be forward drinking on its uh, youthful fruit. Although like, like most non-vintage sparkling wines, if you had a half-decent cellar, you could, you could keep that for a year or two and it would develop a bit in bottle. It's, it's a real myth that non-vintage wines don't respond well to bottle age at all. All right, so you can, you can um, have this for a bit. And I just thought it was a really versatile, you know, festive fizz that you could have as a sharpener with family or friends if you're allowed it doesn't demand a food accompaniment it'd be very good with canapé some nice um yeah 
Let me just pop this. Whoa. Oh, it's good. Oh, that's just beautiful. And um, so it's a relative rarity in that um, you won't find it in many wine bars elsewhere in France, although the Jura is on the rise. And that trend started really quite specifically in New York amongst the sommelier fraternity. And it's spread to London and further afield now. So uh, Jura wines are almost more revered outside of France than they are within it. And there's problems within France because the land is significantly cheaper than neighboring Burgundy. Uh. And quite wealthy Burgundians are buying up tracts of vineyard, um, not on their patch. And understandably, that isn't going down well. So there's some politics at play there as well. But I, I'm really pleased with that. I think it's it's got a lovely creamy mousse, nice zesty citrus nose, uh, really I, good length. You educated me in this. I think the word is vif, isn't it? Vif is pretty apt. Yeah, it's lively, fresh, clean, fruity. Mm. It's got enough acidity. That's your incentivization to have another sip and yeah. drinking really well straight off the bat. I like these not overly evolved, not too oaky, and this doesn't have any oak at all, uh, sparkling wines that are just sort of palate cleansing and fresh yeah. and uplifting without being too contemplative. You know, it's not an after dinner wine. It's a, it's a pick me up. Absolutely. And it's yeah. a less than 15 quarter bottle. So, you know, if you look into fine wine terms, relatively um, good value, I think. Yeah. Just forget the Prosecco, eh? Well, Prosecco is a broad church. The, there's, there's good and bad Prosecco, that's for sure. Our first still wine. So I've come up, if if you like, with a bit of a, a pack, a bit of a six pack. Yeah. And our first still wine that I want to try is from Burgundy. The 2018 vintage of Bourgogne Chardonnay from uh, Young Negociant. So Negociant is a winemaker who reserves the right to ne- negotiate, literally, to, to buy in grapes from other people. And it's quite okay. a talented, especially in Burgundy, where the prices are on the rise generally speaking or have been and um stefan is an interesting guy because he is actually the son his dad is a famous very highly regarded chablis producer mm-hmm. but he was i think he's the third son he was too far down the pecking order or he felt for that to be the obvious career path for him so in terms of inheritance so he went his own way and um we got together over 10 years ago now, um, important some of his wines, but he's got, he's really well connected, which is what a negotiator needs to be. And um, this wine won a gold medal and gold medals do vary. I mean, there's some that really don't count for much, but this was from two journalists, Guibert and Gaillard. Mm-hmm. And um, that isn't a rock solid indicator, but it's never a bad thing. So pure Chardonnay, 13 degrees alcohol by volume. No noticeable oak. Now, I have got, a, shall we say, a complicated relationship with Chardonnay. Uh, a lot of people have, or to be more specific, think they have, because it's, <laughs> it's a hugely popular grape and is used to produce some of the world's finest and some of the world's least fine wines. So the spectrum <laughs> is, is at absolutely massive and there's classic cases of people saying they don't like chardonnay and then ordering a glass of chablis that is always made from chardonnay and um uh, grape about 
which there's a lot of ignorance and um, I'm sure not in your case, and misconception. Oh, thank, uh, you, Jason. Um, thank you for that. Uh, what it does really well is produce wines like this, the uh, cool climate, have a lovely kind of nervy minerality, that, that zestiness on the palate, that length, that sort of wet pebble characteristic. Mm-hmm. And, it's um, quite creamy, isn't it? Yeah, and it's quite hard to manage that. And to, to have a wine that is fresh smelling, it's got a really nice sort yeah. of green, green apple, aromas there lovely orchard fruit palette really good length no obvious oak um and it's just a clean zesty sharpener works really really well with fish particularly shellfish very very good with oysters okay yeah very good very good with mussels too right um and crustacea i mean it's pretty versatile but um i was gonna say to you it's it's all those things there is a smoothness to it and it's not overly fruity it's not overly fruity and it's not and this is what the big problem was for many people of our vintage it's not over oaked so is that that why is that why when sometimes when i sip chardonnay i think i'm i'm drinking underarm deodorant yeah i think i need to i think i'd certainly do need to um change my views on chardonnay after that that's delicious uh, well, I thought it was drinking very well. Mm. And a very good precursor to our second white, which is from down south in Fougere. Chateau des Estagnes. So Fougere is down in the Languedoc. Um, it's a big vine area. It's a very old vine area. Historically, it got overplanted with cheap, high yielding grape varieties during the industrial revolution and then in the 60s it the market for those bulk mass-produced wines collapsed and it's had to rebuild from scratch but most fougere is red and this is relatively unusual because it's a white made by julian seydoux s-e-y-d-o-u-x and um Again, this features in our current uh, set of offers, um, but it's very different to the Chardonnay. It's it's weightier, a um, little bit, a uh, little bit fuller. It's well, a blend. Listen, what's the grape again? Did you say what the grape it's, was? No, I haven't done yet. It's I glad you asked because it's a blend. Okay. So. Fougere, most Fougere is red, and indeed, yeah. you've got the Appalachian for reds well before it did for whites. But the grapes involved, it's 45% Marsan, 35% Roussan, and okay. 20% Vermentino, or, or Roll. Right. Vermentino is a, is, a, is a big favourite of mine, actually. Um, I rather like it. Mm. But this is, this is grown organically. Um, relatively low yields. Um it's got a much richer texture and flavour. It's got a longer ripening season than the, the Burgundy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think that it's drinking really well. 2019 vintage, uh, straight off the box, 13% alcohol by volume. Mm. Um, it's got that lovely kind of oily fruit, a bit of dried fruit, great length, remarkably fresh acidity. That's something they've done really well. Not, not yeah. easy to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what I like about this is it's really versatile with or without food. So it'll stand up really well 
again to seafood, but also this opens up right into a big spectrum of poultry. Chicken is very good with, um, you know, grouse at a push. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I wouldn't put it with fish, actually. Well, it's, um, quite, it, it's quite persistent, so it's got a lot of length. The French yes. have a word for that. They call it a caudalie. Yeah. So the mouthfeel is quite long, um, which is basically how long you can still taste it after you've sipped it. As you said, it's got a weightier taste, doesn't it? So therefore... Yeah, you, you couldn't know. serve those two wines the other way around. No, I mean, no, no. This is something I give a ridiculous amount of thought yeah. to. But the Fougere, really good value because it's an up-and-coming vine area that hasn't really... Uh, peaked in its potential, which I think, for example, Burgundy, where they're having big problems with um, climate change, right? shortening the ripening season. Um, you know, Fougere, comparatively, especially if you go off-piste with a white, off, offers really good value. So wh- where ab- whereabouts is it? Fougere is down in the longer dock. Okay. Um, so it's where the limestone hills start to get elevated as you move up from the coast inland towards the Cévennes. Right, right. The soil is very specific. It's it's a red schist soil, and you can't do a lot else with it other than uh, grow vines. But um, because it was undervalued <laughs> after the boat wine collapse in the 1960s, uh, it was a good place to invest in. This is what I love about the Languedoc is that it's one of the few areas in France where first-generation winemakers can afford to give it a go. Yeah. Uh, the land price is uh, uh, 20 or less percent of what they are in Bordeaux and Burgundy and Champagne and you know celebrated fine wine-producing regions. Mm-hmm. What do you think I, about that? This is something that I was just wondering about there, is that is there now... Uh, much more amongst the general public uh, a preparedness to adventure into less charted territories and like you know are they actually more amenable to the idea of the Jura and Fougere? It very much depends in my experience no one loves having to buy a whole case of something they haven't tried uh, me included that's why I love mixed cases but increasingly wine merchants and traders are reluctant to do mixed cases because it's a lot more labor intensive. Ditto half bottles. Our next wine is our first red, and I think you might have lightly cooled yours, which is the Chateau Fouquet. The Fouquet, it is a a firm favorite, this one. It's a wine I love. So it's made from pure Cabernet Franc. Mm -hmm. Well, one of my friends, told me that if you could drink no other wine other than this this would be it which is quite a commitment yeah 2018 vintage in the Loire was a warm vintage in what's historically quite a cool area so that's affecting the alcohol this is this is organically grown Chateau Fouquet which you've illustrated very beautifully over the years Um, so this wine's vegan and organic 14 degrees ABV so that is higher than I've ever known it to be. Okay, really? Wow. Yeah, made by Frederick Filiatro, pure Cabernet Franc. And that is amazing on the nose. I just get an absolute waft of black fruit, black currants, a bit of blackberry, a bit of black cherry. Let's see. Mm. It wears its alcohol very lightly. That's beautifully balanced. It's got a lovely acidity, 
a real rasp of bright red and black fruit. And these lovely supple tannins. Jason, it's a wine for all seasons, isn't it? Really? It is very versatile. Mm. But I think what is working in our favour is that we've both lightly chilled our bottles. Because mm-hmm. if you have this at ambient temperature, when people do, I've said this before, and I'm no doubt I'll say it again. When people talk about drinking wine at room temperature, we're talking about a drafty castle in Scotland, mm. not a suburban semi in Brighton. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes all the difference there because you get that freshness. Mm. You would never be served this by any self-respecting restaurant or bistro in, in France at blood temperature, mm-hmm. mm. which is a crime that's often committed in this country. <laughs> and this, I can tell you for a fact, because uh, it's a favourite of my book club, works really well with or without food. So... Um, <laughs> Sta- this stands up well to grill red meat, poultry, very good with a with a steak frit or possibly mm-hmm. even a, yeah. a couscous, but um, really versatile and value for money. Where they make it is on the cusp of Saumur Champigny, which commands a significantly higher price. Mm-hmm. And the winemakers mm-hmm. in Breze, where Chateau Fouquet is, thought that would mean they'd have to pay higher taxes. And they voted to be demoted and were and have been able to rue that decision ever since. So Sounds like a T-shirt. Yeah, well, that's more your department than mine. Our second red is a real departure for us, and if you'd have told me a decade ago that a Spanish Crianza would become one of our top-selling wines as a you know, well-known French specialist, I'd have been amazed. So... But, is this really one of your best-selling wines? One of our best-selling wines. Wow. And my co-director and business partner, Tom, had friends in Spain who told him about this winery, and he was on holiday, but he made the effort, and his Spanish certainly isn't fluent. He made the effort to go down there and see it. It's made by a former chef who couldn't find a wine he liked enough to be his house wine so decided to grow his own and um <laughs> true story there's got to be a uh, a word for that and um <laughs> so that's what he did the blend it's 90 percent tempranillo and 10 percent mazuelo which is which is a synonym synonym for carignan um it sees a bit of oak this is the 2014 vintage um and it's got stacks of good reviews let me see if i just look at my phone here uh yeah back to our old friend jancis she says two years in oak for this unusual incursion into spain for yap from a from a bodega in fuenmeo medium tense garnet a little sweet oak on the nose with an agreeable suggestion of compost pure fruit and transparency lots of lift and excellent persistence very user-friendly, even if not the most dramatic or concentrated Rioja. Less is more. VGV, that stands for very good value. 16.5 points. So we'll take that. That's um, high praise indeed from um, the UK's arguably foremost wine critic. That's not bad at all. But you've got a lovely baked fruit nose there. You can you can smell a bit of that heat. I mean, and they don't try and hold back on it. These, these warm... Mm. wine regions 
are faring better with climate change, in my opinion, at the right. moment, than um, as are the cool, the really marginal ones. It's the ones that uh, are more in between, like Burgundy and the Loire, that are struggling a bit more. Okay, that's interesting. I wonder why that is. Mm. It's because they're used to it being hot and they've had north facing vineyards and higher canopies and right. earlier picking. And, right. you know, they're more used to coping with a shorter, hotter, warmer season. OK. Plus, the other thing that's absolutely critical in this is how deep your rootstock is, which is why most serious wine areas don't let you irrigate vines, because if you're putting water onto what is essentially a fruit tree, well, it is a fruit tree. Yeah. Um, your rootstock won't penetrate down to reach the water table if it doesn't have to. Okay. So you're much better off losing a few vines, making the roots force their way down mm -hmm, mm -hmm. over a long period of time. It can take years. All right. Uh, than misguidedly trying to help them on their way. Right. But I love that. I think it's, it's got a kind of, it works really well with food. We, we sell quite a high proportion of this to the restaurant trade. And it has that maturity. It's quite generous. Of This is a great system in Rioja, is that they, they've got used to aging wine before they release it. So that is built into their cash flow model. Okay. Which it really is not elsewhere. Yeah. Mm. It, it's very, very satisfying sip, that. There's no doubt about it's, it. It's a good, just thumping, food-friendly red. I, I love it. It's 2014. It's, it's relatively modestly priced. Yeah, but you can take it any which way, I think. I think with that, you know, I can imagine, you know, you can have patatas bravas with that quite easily. Very happily, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, tapas generally, I mean, it works really well with that. A, by the by, have you seen uh, the, the Frank Gehry vineyard? Where you, you can go and you can taste Rioja and you can stay in his architect-designed fancy. It's like It's like... The Bilbao Guggenheim, but in Rioja country. Do you know what I'm talking about here? I'm just blathering on, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm old school. I like, I like, <laughs> I do like old enamel jugs for pouring wine out of and, and a bit of hay on the floor and earthy, uh, unpretentious, old school, low rent wineries. And, you feel um, a bit uncomfortable uh, with Gary's gaff. I, well, I went to the Cité du Vin in Bordeaux and I was really underwhelmed and couldn't wait to get out of there, really. It, it, although I love Bordeaux, conversely. Yeah. Uh, our last wine is a sweet one in a half bottle, just because I wanted to get one to both of us, um, of Jeronson. Carry on. Jeronson Moyeau, which is marrow fat, really. And it's a blend of gross and petit mansin. Amazing amber colour here and uh, a lovely fresh acidity. And contrary to what many people think, this isn't botricized. So it's just late picked. They leave the Mansan grapes on the vines right into the autumn, even the late autumn. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, they shrivel up and that <laughs> increases the ratio of natural sugars. The flip side of that is it lowers the yield. Uh, to to wine. It's like madness, Jason. Yeah, well, it's a wine that almost disappeared off the map. It was down to one carved co-op. And Pascal Abbas, who makes this, was a member of the co-op. And in 86, he went off and did his own thing. So it's a sweet wine. 
2016 vintage, 12.5 ABV. We sell it in bottles and half bottles, but it features in our deluxe demi forthcoming offer, which is quite good fun because you won't get many other merchants to do this for you. It's 12 different half bottles from all over France. So That's it includes, good. includes some really rare things. It includes a champagne, a chondria. That sounds like a Christmas present to me. Well, that's, uh, it, it lends itself to that. You pay a bit of a premium for a half bottle, but I would argue there's less wastage and it's probably worth it. Anyway, this is uh, yeah, Pascal Abbas's Jeanson, which is down in the foothills of the Pyrenees. And they drink it in situ very often as an aperitif, okay. as a pre-prandial bon bouche. They'll have a little sharpener of this. So what do they do? Do they really chill it? before they do that or what? They're pretty well chilled. And um, the thing we use a lot with is fruit-based desserts. And the other things it goes well with are things, well, blue cheese is, is a very good combination with them. Sweet Jurassic. This is a dessert wine that I've not heard of before. But I think this is deserving of a, of a wider audience than it gets. It's, it's very popular where it's made. I think people in... Jeanson are fiercely loyal to it but um it it could have a bigger reach that's for sure mm, mm. but yeah. as such the positive thing with that is it's relatively good value okay so what are we looking at for for a half bottle so half bottle nine pounds 70 that's all right full bottle 16.75 that's for a dessert wine that's that's astonishingly good isn't it I think it's pretty good. And um, really what you want, if you're going the sweet food matching route, a, a fruit-based dessert, a nice um, tart tatin would be perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the only thing is that I appreciate your recommendation here, but tart tatin is a hell of a lot of work, isn't it? it yeah, I didn't say you had to make it. Uh, um, uh, I'm looking forward to the days when we're allowed out on licensed premises again yeah. but there you go that's my snapshot of six seasonal wines that won't break the bank and all every single one of those stands on its own pretty well but would work well with food as well and great for sharing with um anyone you're allowed to share with well it's it jason can i say it's been a pleasure to share them with you tonight the pleasure's been all mine. I've been spending far too much time at home, working from home and living at home. Oh, so, can, I tell um, you, can, I, can I just tell you something? It's like today I went I went to the post office, okay, in, in Froome, and I walked outside and I said to myself, it's, this is nice. I'm outside. This is, it's nice being outside, isn't it? And then I realised it was the first time that I had been outside in a week and a half. Oh my god! A uh, week and a half. You need to get a dog, David. Then you're out. Then you're out every day. Um, uh, and uh, that rather forces your hand. More adventures in wine at www.yap.co.uk.